You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. All right. All right, Kickout Crew Nation. This is Adam from Bama, also known as Referee Adam, giving you a little bit of bonus footage this evening. Um, I've been doing some shows out at Spartan Wrestling, and this gentleman right here to to the side. I mean, I don't know if it's to the left or right, depending on who's watching and who's listening. Um, young and upcoming wrestler. His name is Rico Bravo. I know it says Justin Marshall, but this is Rico Bravo. Would you like to tell everybody, you know, about yourself, what got you started and where the name comes okay. from? Um, I got into the business in April of 2021. I started training at Deep South Patrick, at Deep South Wrestling with Nick Patrick and Marvelous Marco. And, um, I've been wanting to be a wrestler since I knew what wrestling was like. And that was about the age of three, four years old. Cause I, my dad watched wrestling around me a lot growing up and he had the WCW video games and whatnot. And I can't remember specifically which WCW game it is, but there was a game when you're at the character selection menu and like each person that you go to, you can hit a button and they'll talk, you know, like pick me, you know, do, do, yeah, do I remember and, that. That. and um at like three years old, I knew every every wrestler on there is by, by heart and I could imitate all of them. So every time that my dad would have his friends over, he had me come downstairs and he'd be like, Do Scott Hard, but yo, Chico, I'm three years old. I I do all that and um it would it would make everybody laugh, so that would make me feel good. So that was part of like what fueled me to get into wrestling and then just going through elementary school, having friends that all watch wrestling at the same time as me. That's all we would do. Like we get on the bus, we would be wrestling in the seats, like birthday parties in the trampoline, just wrestling my, at my mom or aunt's house, just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling from sun up to sundown until somebody got hurt. And I loved it, and I didn't want to stop. And um, I got to high school by my my junior year. I started wrestling amateur, and um, I remember they laughed at me like at practice. My very first day at practice in the amateur, I asked a legit question. I was just like, "So with doing this amateur stuff, like, um, is this a gateway, or could I get some type of scholarship to a wrestling school? Because I didn't know how wrestling schools worked and whatnot. I didn't know any about anything about that, but um." They laughed, but um, this was my this is my lifelong dream. And then one day, just out the blue, I go to a a documentary screening for a Booker T's biography on the A and E channel, and um, I meet a guy by the name of Neil Pruitt, and he was telling me that he's a producer and a writer for WCW back yeah. in the day. So we have a conversation for a while, and um. I asked him, how how do you get into the business if I wanted to? And um, he explained it to me. Like, he was like, Nick Patrick has a school in Griffin, Georgia, if you don't mind driving out that far. And I was like, I'll do it. And um, I asked him, I was like, would I be too small to get out there? And he was like, no, you're the same height and build as Eddie Guerrero. You could do that. And I was just like, what? I love Eddie Guerrero. So he said that. I was ready to go. And um, I got out to Deep South Wrestling, and the rest was history. I've been tra- I've been training there for a whole entire year before 
I spread my wings and started working in Alabama at Spartan Pro Wrestling. And right now, it's the only place that I've worked at right now. But I have a show coming up for um, Venom Championship Wrestling. And I've also been in talks with um, the people in Pensacola, Florida at a promotion called Coastal Wrestling Federation. Um, shout out to my guy, Justin Flo. He put in a word for me to get out there. So. Spartan, Spartan heavyweight champion. Yes, sir. I've done a couple of his matches, man. He's uh, that boy's got something, man. He's he's got the gift to gab. Um, he he's damn good in the ring too. Uh, he's he's got he's got the, the whole package. He can he can talk. He can walk it. Like um, he's pretty much in better shape than everyone that he's in the ring with. Like he's he's different. And then something I love about him, just even with being champion. Like his work ethic doesn't stop. Like you usually can catch him at every single practice. And you know, most guys when they do get a championship and whatnot, they think they don't have to train anymore, grind and whatnot. And he sets the example to where it's just like the work never stops. And I I catch on to that and learn a lot from him. Yeah. I started uh my first training session was in two thousand. And um, 23 years later, I'm still learning, man. So it's always something new to learn. That's the beautiful thing about this is that you you never stop learning. And you can and you, you can just meet so many new people and get their idea of how they've come up. And I mean, there's always something to learn. You can learn from, you know, other people's stuff from their past, what they're going through currently. I mean, there's always something to learn. Definitely. And I've learned that, too, from training at deep south to training at spartan like it's, it's just so much different stuff to learn because i'm like i credit deep south for everything they taught me all the fundamentals from the psychology to the bumps the chaining and everything like that and then spartan they helped me put together my whole entire move set start doing a little bit more acrobatic high flyer stuff and calf kicks and whatnot like um i laugh now because it's just like when I was at Deep South, I just remember when I first started, it was almost like Karate Kid, how it was just like wax on, wax off. And he's just like, damn, when am I going to start getting to actually do some fucking karate? Exactly. Like, like, like um, at, at, at Deep South, like um, like like Nick Patrick, like he's he was very, well, he is, he's very old school and fundamental. So he was very focused on that. So before we could do anything, we would just chain like all day, chain 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 and i used to hate chaining i used to hate it and now that's like my favorite part of the whole entire match is chaining but we would change so much and i'm just like all right when are we gonna get to the to the actual moves the suplexes and all that and then by the time i started going to you know places like spartan and whatnot and i'm just chaining with other people chaining is just like muscle memory to me now and it's just like wow like all this makes sense now while I was doing this for so long. Yeah, it just comes second nature after a little while. I mean, just I remember when I first started training myself, we had to do front rolls. But what we had to do was we had to kind of roll in a circle inside the ring. And if you touch the ropes, you had to start all the way over. Oh, man. And that was brutal. Well, I just remember I that part of training I hated. <laughs> so, Not you know, to be brutal. 
I see you go by Rico Bravo. Where, where'd your gimmick name come from? Uh, funny story with that. Like I came up with that name when I was like 13 years old and the name was inspired by the wrestler Dino Bravo. And the funny thing about it, I had never watched him wrestle a day in my life. I just knew his name because when I was a kid, I was a really big wrestling nerd. Like I'd be on these, like how they got cage match now. When I was a kid, they had something called like online world of wrestling and obsessed right. with wrestling. And I would spend like my whole days just clicking on like almost everybody's names and, and shit and just reading up on them. Like I, I got knew my shit. Like I was, I was seven years old and I could tell you who the fuck Mil Mascaris was and Don Morocco and shit yeah. like that at a young age. And um, I saw the name Dino Bravo. So I was like, that's, that's cool. And then um, when I got to high school, like um, I started doing music. So I was really deep into my music. And um, I was in a rap group called Ambitious Ones. And at the time, like um, we made like trap music and whatnot. So um, all of our names, it was like a Spanish name, like like some plug stuff. So somebody's name was Pedro, somebody's name was Diego, and my name was Rico. And then after a while, I just added the Bravo behind it. So Rico Bravo initially, like it was just before wrestling. So it just basically started from your music. Sorry about that. I don't Are you know. Good? My arm is going off back here. <laughs> Hey, that that's just, that's the guest in there, brother. I already know. <laughs> right. Hey, anytime now. Okay, okay, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, initially, Rico Bravo it was just music, music. Like, like I told you, wrestling was a lifelong dream. But at a point, I didn't know if wrestling was a realistic possibility for me. I was head first into music. I wanted to be a rapper, and um, it was Rico Bravo, and like in all my music almost it was like it stood out for people who were wrestling fans like i would still talk my shit or whatever but i would always have a punchline that came from some type of wrestling reference and you had to be a wrestling fan to get it and then after a while like um when the music started slowing down it was just like okay what's next how do i further my brand and then um it was just like I already rap about wrestling a lot. I might as well get into the ring and be known as the rapper that actually wrestles and does real shows and whatnot and kicks ass. So I, when, I, when I got into the business, I kept my name as Rico Bravo. Initially, I was going to change it. Initially, my my name was going to be Just Insane, like like Just Incredible. But just so Incredible, yo. Yeah, so it's going to be first name Justin, last name Sane, like S-A-Y-N-E. And then... um. I remember Nick Patrick was like, "You too pretty for a name like that." Like, um, <laughs> that, that, that was like that sounds like a a, a a mean crazy guy. And it's like, "That's not true. You smooth." And it was like, "What's your name on Instagram? I see you." And it was, I was like, "Rico Bravo." He was like, "Yeah, stick to that." So, I've, I've stuck. I've stuck with that. And um, every once in a while, I try to like fuse the music and wrestling together. But right now, I'm just. 100% focused on wrestling, but I still, I provide my own theme. I, I make my own theme music when I come out at shows and whatnot. But, um, that's how Rico Bravo came about was it was inspired by Dino Bravo. And then it was, it was music at first. 
I love how you how you like the the old school old school wrestlers. You know, like the you know Bravos, the Mister Perfects, oh, yeah. Macho Man, all that stuff. I didn't have a choice either because I remember like um when I was seven years old and um I got a I got a video game. It was called Legends of Wrestling Two. Yeah. And when I saw when I saw the front of it, I I like Hulk Hogan's on the front, and it was just like. I was into wrestling, but I didn't know my history like that. So my first, my first thought, I see Hulk Hogan, I'm like, oh, this is a WCW game. And then um, I put the game in, and I remember I'm mad as hell because I'm like, yo, I don't know who any of these wrestlers are. All I know is freaking Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, and Eddie Guerrero. Everybody else is just like, at the time, I'm like, who the hell is Coco Beware? Who is Tito Santana? Who is Rick Martel? And all that shit like that. And then playing it so much i learned who all these people were and then i start having conversations with grown people about wrestling and i go talking about harley race and they're like how the hell do you know about harley race you're eight years you're talking about these legends like literally hall of fame legends man just harley race tito santana coco beware (laughs) the bird man i mean that's what i grew up on man because i was born in 84 so I got a couple of years on you, so that's what I grew up on. See, I grew up like, I mean, I don't really claim the attitude era. I still like I've watched like I've watched it, but I don't claim it just because I was practically like three years old, a baby when the attitude era was going on. By the time I was old enough to just like get into wrestling and understand what the hell was going on, it was the um the ruthless aggression era, and like I just remember like. When my dad stopped watching wrestling, I used to I had no idea how to find wrestling. So I remember I just spend nights just channel surfing and just hope that wrestling would pop up, whether it was on the Spanish channel or what. And then uh, I'll never forget. I was just, it was a Saturday night. I'm just flipping and then Velocity is on. And um John Cena is fighting Rhino. And that was my first time ever watching John Cena. And I'm just like Yo, who is this cool ass white guy right here with this jersey on? And uh, when I, and when I watched him, I fell in love with it instantly. And I'm just like, yo, he's awesome. I want to be just like him. And then from there on out, it was just like, I watched John Cena's whole entire come up from mid Carter to goat status, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, and that's that's thugonomics, uh, John <laughs> Cena, right there. Yeah. But uh, he was so good back then. He still could I knew I wanted to do it. Yeah, that's why you like that damn spinner belt because of damn John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love John Cena, and I I get into a lot of heated debates with other wrestling fans about John Cena because you know you got a lot of people. You know, from my generation, all the kids love John Cena, and yeah. then like like your generation, they all hate John Cena. It was like. He only does three moves. He can't even wrestle. He wears <laughs> jeans. And it was just like, I would like legit fight over that shit. Yeah, but you got to think, I, like, too. I, I love John Cena. When, when I come up, it was Hogan. He did the, the leg drop. He did the three punches. He hulked up. And he ripped his shirt. He did four things. So I can't argue nothing about John Cena doing the five moves of doom because Hulk Hogan I was a Hulkamaniac, and all he did was four or five different things, and <laughs> I liked him, so I can't argue. 
And then speaking of that, it was, it's, it's crazy too because it was just like, like a couple years ago, like I never knew, like what Hulk Hogan was capable of until like um, I saw like a clip on Facebook or something. It it was him wrestling in New Japan. Yes, this, this motherfucker was doing like enziguris and flipping arm bars and shit. I'm like, I didn't know Hulk Hogan could do this shit. Yeah, but then he got smart and realized he didn't have to no more. All he had to do is go out. Rip a shirt, do some poses, stroke that food man shoe, and walk out with a paycheck. See, you know, I, I hope that one day that I can master my craft to the point where it's just like, even if I want to do a bunch of moves, it's like, I don't really have to. Because it's just like, it tells the story perfectly. And like, whatever I do, the crowd is just going to pop off of it. And, and it's an easy night for me. All I'm doing is just like, a comeback in like five moves like that. That'd be nice to get to that point one day. Cause like me right now, I still, I'm learning how to work smarter without trying to bring out all my best shit in one match. Cause I used to try to do that, but now it's just like, I've slowed down and it's just like, I feel myself getting better and better every time to where I just know my complete move set and I stick with it rather than just, trying to pull out a, di a bunch of different moves at once because I used to do that and then um it got to a point where I got hurt and um when I got hurt I slowed because like my day my very first match as far that which was my first match ever I did a suicide dive over the top rope and um I would do that I would do those in my matches and then there was one match we just mentioned them Justin Flo I was going against Justin Flo and I went for my dive, and that one night, my foot got caught in the top rope, and I just landed flat on my head on the outside of the ring. And by the grace of God, I was still, I still was able to finish the match. I took a superplex right after that, but like my oh. neck was, my neck was fucked. Like um, I would have ten headaches for like almost a whole month till I finally got checked, and they were like, "You have whiplash in your neck. What the, did you get in an accident? What do you do?" And I was like, "I wrestle," and it was like. You're lucky to even be standing here right now. And when that when through that whole experience, I've kind of just slowed shit down and learned how to work smarter. Even though I do want to pull out cool shit, it's just like um when you have an injury like that, it takes a while to just get out of your head. Cause it's just like I want to moonsaw all the time, but I think about the time I got hurt where it's just like, nah, fuck that. I'm not gonna do that. I understand completely because, you know, Big Steve that was with us this past Saturday. Yeah. I've known him since like 2004. And one of my last matches that he was around, and he'll tell you, I did a shooting star press off the top of a ladder onto a table with two guys on the table, and the table didn't break. Sheesh. And I hyperextended my knee, and that was one of the last matches I had for a little while because I couldn't hardly walk. I mean, that was one of those – I guess a, a damn Japanese table or something, because that some bitch did not break. And he's got the footage, you know, he's going to get it back to me, and I'm going to have to show you guys. Because I, I used to get that. down back in the day, but somebody, <laughs> somebody told me, they said, hey, look, you're doing all this stuff, but why are you doing it? I mean, you know, I wasn't big in the storytelling stuff back then like I am now. And it's good to see that you've already got that mindset that, even though you can't do it, doesn't mean you have to do it. And that's a damn good mindset to be in already just two years into it, man. 
So I congratulate you on that, man. That's awesome. I mean, I appreciate that. But then again, that just that just credits the vets that I've had around me. Like I told you, just having the, the mind of Nick Patrick around me, like who's been to every single height you can think of in this business. Like, you know, he would tell you these things and I listened to him, but some of them is just like, you kind of had to go through experience to understand it. And like everything that I go through in this business, almost every, every week and whatnot, it's just like, ah, it all makes sense now. Or, ah, this is what he was telling me. I, I get it now. I get it. But I, I, I got, I got great veterans around me. Like from when I started training at deep South to even like being at Spartan, like I, I just had the blessing of always having really good vets around me. Cause there's also like a lot of bad vets around here that are just like either think they know it all, but they don't or don't want to see the younger guy like doing better than them. Yeah, because they're they're afraid of having their spot taken. And that's what I love about O'Hagan, man, because he's so detail oriented and he he sees stuff that I don't see. And like I said, I'm not claiming to be some big trainer or nothing, but he sees stuff and he'll break it down to you. And it's just like, well, damn, I didn't even think about it that way. And having a guy like that and just being around him, that's why I go to the try. I mean, to the training sessions, I don't go to train. I go to listen just because I like listening to him because he's so damn detail oriented. That's just Facts. somebody awesome to have to be around, man. Facts. Facts. He's great. I love him. All right. So you mentioned that you got something coming up November the 4th. Oh, yes, in sir. Lincoln, Alabama, against Stephon Dunn. Yes, sir. All um, right. So, I'm, um, I'm excited about it. Yeah, you actually was. I seen yours or Stephon's post, and the promoter actually reached out and asked if I wanted to be a part of y'all's match. So, I actually get to referee y'all's match. So, this will be my first time at Venom Championship Wrestling, also. It's both of ours, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy as hell that it happened. Like I said, Shit, if I had if I had the choice of a referee, it'd, it'd be you. Like we've only been working together like these last two months, but I like I, I really enjoy working with you. Oh man, I have a great time with you guys, especially with the G code. And we <laughs> and we and God my shawl. Every time I look at him, I just start busting out laughing because I just can't help it. I, I try not to. I, <laughs> I, I try not to because I have to, I have to like be be mean, but almost everything that he does out there, it takes everything. And me to not bust out laughing. So you got the Spartan, and how long was it before you actually got a part of the G code? And how did the the G code thing happen? Uh, um, I got the Spartan in September of last year, and um, I was I was a baby face, and um, G code didn't happen up until April, like April twenty second, I believe, and um. I knew it was going to happen like a month in advance. He was just like, he pulled me aside and was just like, um, I want to, I want to make you a part of a storyline. He was just like, are you okay with being healed? I was just like, sure. And then, um, he was like, you're going, you're going to be in a faction with, with Daryl Shaw and Clarence. And I was just like, say less. Cause <laughs> I, I had one to like, Shaw was the first vet like in the business to like really look out for me for real, for real. And, um, We've always had nothing but mutual respect for one another, and we had a, we had a little thing going on where it was like a tag team tournament called Tag Team Roulette in February, to where it was just like randomized tag teams being put together. So 
me and Shaw were hoping that we got teamed up and it didn't happen. So when I got the opportunity to be in a faction with him, then that was just like, heck yeah. So it was me, him, Clarence, and um, Solace the Roller, also known as Homage. And um, since I've been in G-Code, like it's it's been it's been fun, like the turning heel, like the whole heel turn, because it was like a whole plot twist when I turned heel and like attacked Zeus and Wes Taylor and just seeing the reaction on the crowd and how pissed they were. Because when I was a baby face, I was I was a fan favorite. Like I was getting my ass kicked out there. Like I was probably losing every single week. But you were in the you were in the onyx position. Yeah, <laughs> and I say that with all due respect. It's just he's he's the he's he. I see him as like the heart and soul of Spartan because absolutely because I mean that boy's got heart. Doesn't matter what he goes through. He's yes, let's do it, and he's always the first one in line to do something. I mean, he's the heart and soul of Spartan wrestling, in my opinion. Absolutely, but um, just with being in the G code, I've gotten so much better because just like um. Working heel, I've learned how to be able to control the pace of a match. You know, a baby face, pretty much. You're just getting your ass kicked, getting a couple of hope spots, and then get cut off, and then you just wait for the comeback to happen. But this one, as a heel, like, you are literally controlling everything and whatnot, and then you got to be more interactive with the crowd. And I used to be extreme – well, I still am. I'm extremely socially awkward. I can admit that. And, like, when I was a baby face and I'd do a move, somebody would be like, all right, feed into the crowd or whatever, and I would just stand like a deer in the headlights. I wouldn't like, I don't know what to say. Do I say, let's go! Come on! I, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do or say. And that's so I, awkward. Let's go, guys! Yay! Yeah. It's, just, it's, just, it's just so head-ass. And it was just like, I wasn't... Like, I, I, it, it took some time for me to learn that, and just with being healed, it's gotten me so much better. And then I, I just have a lot of fun with it, too. Like, it's, it's so much fun, but it was a huge transition for me, because, like, um... It's a transition your first time turning heel when everybody loves you and then you got people that are like legit hate you or like they, they don't understand that it's a show. So they take this very serious and they say some some fucked up shit to you to where you just kind of got to play it off and not react the way that your old self would react to. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a big transition going from baby face to heel. But at the same time, you have more fun being here, or at least I did. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm having more fun being here. Um, me and my cousin, we were a tag team out in Boaz. And uh, the promoter said, hey, you see this family in the front row? Uh, he said, make sure that you go to them and you heal on that family. And my cousin, man, he just says whatever. He walks, <laughs> up, he walks up to the family, and they have a grandmother that's in a wheelchair. And I mean, it, she didn't need it, but she said it because it helped her get around better. And so my cousin looks at her and says, you need to get up, old lady. You're just doing that for sympathy. You're just faking, you know, but the promoter, they, they're in on it and they're having a good time. And next thing we know, the grandkids, we're going to meet you outside. And at the end of the show, they was outside waiting on our ass. <laughs> I mean, they take it they take it real up there, man. And we had to get escorted out of Boaz back to Gadsden because they were out there waiting on us. I, I hate to say it, but like I've been I've been waiting for that type of moment to happen where I make somebody so mad that like they wait on me in the parking lot. So like 
I could beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I mean, we had police. I mean, uh, Boaz police showed up, and it was crazy, man. It was it was a great night. I ain't gonna lie, but we wouldn't have done it unless the promoter told us to, because he knows the family. It ain't just like random people, so he knew the family and had it all worked out. But I think the the elderly lady knew, but I don't think the grandkids knew as much. And they got pissed. I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about eight or ten people got pissed. That's always the fun part too. Like like yeah. working and somebody be like, "That's that's my dad and brother right there in those shirts right there." Mess with them a little bit in your heat. You're just like, "Okay, yes. say less." And as soon as you say that one little thing, they're ready to go. And it's just yeah. like, "Okay, you're mad. I'm gonna keep on making you mad. I'm about to kick your son's ass some more." I'm going to keep making, and I'm going to look you in your eyes after every move I do. I love it. See, that, that's the one thing I do miss about wrestling. I mean, I, I love the referee and stuff, but if I got to, if I had a chance to go back and do it, that's just that little heel stuff. Just, what do you, is this, is this your boy or is this your family? You know what? <laughs> pow, pow, right in their face. That's the stuff I miss. I, I love it, and I learned that type of stuff from Shaw because, like, um, you know, before the G code, like, um, my very first like actual storyline in Spartan, it was with Daryl Shaw, where it was like Daryl Shaw was like the top guy in the roster at the time, and I'm this brand new guy, and like I I stole the victory from the first match by like a roll up pin, so for the next two weeks we just kept on fighting, and like he he'd get the one up on me, but like in those shows almost all my family and friends would come out there and then like um I would just watch what Shaw does like um Shaw would just troll my friends pretty much or look at them and be like this your man's right here right before he beats the living shit out of me so I learned I learned a lot with that and then um also like I, like I was saying before like I got I got to give Shaw his flowers though like I said yeah. I was the Shaw was the first veteran in the business that like showed me like legit love like i didn't even know this guy from a can of paint and um i remember my first week at spartan it was a tryout match pretty much against um ash bennett and the match went really well and then i came back to that show that next week so i'm thinking i'm on the roster and i wasn't officially on the roster yet but i was still like an extra set of legs just in case somebody needed me and then like when they were writing the match card on the board my name wasn't there and then, like, um, I was disappointed, but I didn't, like, express it. But you could probably see it on my – I was disappointed. I was like, damn, I'm not on this card. And I just came out here. And Shaw, he go out of his way and use his pool and just be like, hey, slide Rico into this triple threat match and make it a four, fatal four-way. So Shaw was looking out for me when I was coming to Spartan and I wasn't, like, on the match card yet. He would, like, put in the word for me to get me on the card and – a lot of people won't do that type of stuff for you. So I always kept note of that. And I was just like, yo, I owe you big time. Like when I, like when I make it, bro, like I'm taking you with me. Like I'm, I'm never going to forget that shit. And like now we get to be a team together and um, he's showing me the, the ropes of, be, of being a heel. And then I'm getting great opportunities working with him. Like um, the way O'Hagan explained it to me, the whole objective of this storyline is pretty much like, um, I told you before, when I was a babyface, I was losing. Me and Clarence were losing our matches. Me, Clarence, Homage. And it was like Shaw's whole thing was like, let me take you guys under my wing and teach you how to win the right way without playing by the book. So 
that's how this whole storyline is playing out. It's like we're under Shaw's wing, learning his evil ways to develop that into our character in the long run. And then when the keys are passed off to us to like be like in contention for titles and whatnot, then we're going to apply everything that Shaw has taught us. And with them opportunities, you know, I got to, I got to wrestle with action Mike Jackson this past Saturday and that shit still is believable to me. Cause, um, I had no idea I was going to face him. I, I just walked in and saw the card and saw my name with action Mike. And I had to do a double take. I'm like, <laughs> is that is that me and him in the same match? And it was just like, that was a big deal to me. Cause like, if, you know, from what I know, at the age action Mike is at now, he's very selective about who he works with. Like he's oh. not just work with anybody you book him with. Like he I'm, wants I'm to people that he feels comfortable with and whatnot, or that he thinks is good. So me being slid in that match, like it was just like, damn, I must be doing something right. It's, it's validation, really. It's kind of like, well, hey, this man, he's been doing this stuff 50 years. He's wrestled Bullet Bob Armstrong. He's wrestled the best. And to be one of those select few to, to say, oh, okay, well, I'm cool with him being in the ring with me. I'm cool with him. And it's all because of Shaw, man, because I know how close him and Shaw are. And yeah. it just it just the validation, man, that me being my age, I mean, it, it's him being cool with me being the referee the past two times he's been there means a lot to me. So I can imagine being in the ring and tangling with him because I never had that opportunity to go one-on-one with him or even be in a match with him. So that's just, I can't imagine how it feels still being in your 20s. Man, it's it's awesome. And like I said, it's just like, it, like you said, it gave me that validation. Like, damn, I'm doing something right. But at the same time, it's just like, it just fueled my hunger even more. It's just like, okay, I need to go hard. I need to take this to the next level now. Like, people are paying attention to me in Alabama now and I'm still only working one show. Like it's, it's time to spread my wings, get my name out here. Like I'm, I'm ready. So right now I'm just trying to, trying to maintain shape, maintain training every single week and whatnot and put in the work behind the scenes in the weight room and in my free time, you know, watch, watch old wrestling matches and learn something from it, write notes yeah, especially being a big Eddie Guerrero fan, because he's one of my top five, man. I've and I've met Chavo and Chavo, he's my size. Chavo's not a big guy. And it's just amazing. When I met Ric Flair, he's probably two or three inches taller than me. That's it. That's crazy. I've been in the ring with AJ Styles. And that was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Back when he was first starting out, right before WCW ended. Uh, he saved me in a match against his old tag team partner. Um, his name's Freddie, but he went by Air Paris at the time. I've had several matches with Air Paris back in the day. So just being in the ring with guys like that just gives you that validation, man. So that's, and you only being two years into it, that's amazing, man. That's, that's good to hear. Man, that's, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so, like I said, I mentioned. No, sorry, I've I've kept you for a little over thirty minutes now, and I don't want to I don't want to hog all your time because I know stuff coming on tonight, and I'm sure you got better stuff to be doing than talking on Zoom call all night long. I ain't gonna do shit but play the video game after this, man. I'm 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 here, bro. I'm not in no rush. Uh, so Spartans got a big big show coming up on the 11th. 
Is that is that match one of them you want to get in? And do you want to explain the match I'm talking about? Oh heck yeah, and I'm 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 gonna be in it. Um, this is um November 11th. It's the the Warriors Chamber, and um, they bring out a cage for that. So it's like it's like Spartans WrestleMania, pretty much. Put it like that. Like that's just that's the show that we sell out, and people get an opportunity to be inside of the cage. For me, it's exciting because I've never been in the cage match before. So getting to do this, like I'm, I'm excited about it and I'm trying to get myself in the frame of mind and watch old cage matches just to figure out spots and shit that I could do with the cage and whatnot. So I'm in that process of that and just getting myself prepared for this show. And then, um, getting myself prepared for the November 4th show in Lincoln at Venom with Stefan Dunn. Like that's, that's the match. Like, for for me personally, this is gonna be the biggest match of my career so far. Cause I told you, me and Stefan Dunn came up together. Like we both from Columbus, Georgia. We we got into the business at the same time. He's the reason I came to Spartan, and all that time at Spartan, we were both baby faces, and we 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 only shared the ring together one time. It was a triple threat match, but. We had been wanting to do a singles match against each other for a long, long time. And now this is finally happening. And it's just like, it gives the hometown something to be proud of. Like us just putting ourselves on the flyer and everybody in the hometown is going crazy about it. And it's just like, dang, I could only imagine if this show was in Georgia, like how many tickets we would sell. But just the fact that I'm getting in the ring with him, I have a chemistry with him from training and just the same we just think alike, so it's gonna it's gonna be a really really fun match, and you know I I it's it's not very often that I get to do singles matches anymore because I'm in a faction, so all of my matches are tagged. So getting to do a single match again and just showcase everything that I normally want to showcase, but I just hold off on it. I can I can do all of that, and also this is gonna be new eyes on me in a brand new promotion. So I feel like I have so much. I I want to. I just want to just like make my impact as soon as I walk in and just be like, oh, this new Rico guy is legit. Him and Dunn just put on a five-star match, and they're the opening match. So it's just like i just been brainstorming and trying to gain some weight, you know, like get my physique perfectly on point for this match. This is like my pay-per-view for me is facing off with Stefan Dunn, especially with the big shit that he's doing in Alabama right now and outside of Alabama. Yeah, I just actually two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, uh, refereed his match with Dylan McQueen. Uh, he played it so good, so he come out, all right, guys, yeah, I'm a new guy here, you know, waving, you know, kissing babies, everything like that. Hey, Dylan McQueen, it's nice to, you know, nice to be in the ring. He kind of like answered an open challenge. Oh, it's nice to be in the ring with you. I accept your challenge. And all of a sudden, he turned on the crowd, turned on Dylan McQueen, and just started whooping his ass, man. It was <laughs> oh, he played it so good, man. Damn, he's he. I mean, I can, I can see y'all two having a damn good match, man. And that's why I wanted to be a part of it. That's awesome, and yeah, we're we're going to man. Like it's it's all I've been preparing for for like the last almost two months now. Just getting ready for that and. Just know, like I'm, I'm, I'm bringing my all that match. Like you, you're gonna see a good match. I can promise you that. You and Stefan is kind of like me and Cabana Mandan. Me and him come up together, train together, uh, had many matches with each other, against each other. 
And and I remember seeing my name for the first time on a flyer or on a poster. Oh my God, I flipped. That's uh, a great fucking feeling, dog. You ain't lying, man. God, it's such a damn good feeling. And it's crazy because where this show in Lincoln is not too far from Sylacauga, which is where I did some of my first wrestling. And that's why I did the match I was telling you about, uh, me and Steve, big Steve Sellers. We did some matches out there. So I'm familiar with that area. So it's going to be good to see some of them people that I ain't seen in years. But I'm really looking forward to that match, man. I really am. I'm, I'm excited. And I'm excited just to see what's in store at that promotion because this will be my first time working at another promotion besides Spartan. Uh, so you got the big one coming up November 4th and then November 11th at Spartan. Is there anything else you kind of want to – you got another big match coming up you're looking forward to or anything any, that you want anybody else to know? You know, like the people listening, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? As far as a, a big match coming up, um, I don't know what's going on past the Warriors Chamber on November 11th, but I keep myself prepared for the next match. You know, I, I treat I treat every match like a big match, honestly. I treat every match like like it's my last. Like Damn, um, good answer. Good answer. Like I'm I'm just I'm I'm excited to be out there. Like, you know, like I'm every time I'm out there, like just that 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 inner child in me just feels so much joy because just knowing like I'm 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 supposed to be like it it just it just feels good because it's just like sometimes you question your purpose in this world and then when I when I get out there in the ring and get past that curtain it's just like this is what I was meant to do like my my life has told this story for so long my my love for wrestling and like I'm I'm really here like. I'm I'm just happy every time I get out there. I'm I'm always I'm a little boy out there. <laughs> I'm the same way. Forty years old, man. And when I'm in that ring, count to three. I'm I'm there with you, man. I promise you, I am. <laughs> All right. So, um, you want to put your social media stuff out there? How people can contact you and stuff like that? Oh yeah. Um, my Instagram is Rico Bravo GTL, and then um. My Twitter is the number one Rico Bravo. And then I have a Facebook page for Rico Bravo. You can like, then I have my personal page, JP Marshall on, on Facebook. You can add as well. I get, I have a TikTok, which is Rico Bravo. I don't post much on there, but if I do post, it's usually just some clips from previous matches. I, I try to get good on TikTok, but I don't be knowing what to post, but TikTok <laughs> where it's at. I'm the same way. I don't know nothing about TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, but I appreciate you carving out some time, man, to chat with me because I've been looking forward to chatting a couple of you guys from Spartan here for a while. So I just, I'm glad you took time out to holler at me, brother. Well, definitely, man. I appreciate you having me. Oh, yeah. And I hope everybody enjoyed the interview, guys. And, uh, this is Referee Adam from the Kickout Crew with some bonus action. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Y'all have a good evening.